Hello, hello, my fellow listeners. I know I just posted one podcast the other day. Uh, Today, I'm going to continue along this new trend of mine, which is going through some ideas that I've been reading a lot about. And I've been listening and reading a lot about Seneca, and he is a Stoic philosopher who was born or who was around, I guess, when I looked online, it says 65 AD. I'm not sure if that was his death or his birth. But anyway, that was, um, you know, over 2,000 years ago. So I find his, I find his philosophy interesting. And the, uh, the modern day, I guess you could call him a philosopher, probability expert, former options trader, uh, brilliant dude, Nassim Taleb, is the one that led me to this path. So in this podcast, I'm going to focus on a couple passages from Seneca's letters, and we'll go from there. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so this first part I'm going to read is the beginning of letter two. I don't know where letter one is, but it's letter two from Seneca. He writes, Judging from what you tell me and from what I hear, I feel that you show great promise. You do not tear from place to place and unsettle yourself with one move after another. Restlessness of that sort is symptomatic of a sick mind. Nothing to my way of thinking is a better proof of a well-ordered mind than a man's ability to stop just where he is and pass some time in his own company. So let's take a look at that for a second. I think that's very interesting. Um, I myself have dealt with this. I don't know uh, about others out there. I'm sure you have. But I have been in situations where I was so stressed out and so much anxiety that I wanted to just literally get up and move to another place. And it was not like necessarily anxiety, like I wasn't having a panic attack, but it was just this overwhelming sense of maybe being trapped um, in a, in my circumstances that I just need to move. You know, I need to move from one place. I need to go to another place to escape this and everything will be better. And part of that was from my memories of being in China, where at the time I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. I was in college and I didn't need to worry about the future so much. I was very much living in the present. That's what I have desired at times in the past, which has pushed my mind to, oh, if I just go to this place, then it it will be better. And I do believe that that's what Seneca is kind of talking about in this passage or in this, you know, little excerpt here is if you have real problems in your life simply moving is not what's going to resolve the problem now that being said moving can definitely help that i do have to disagree somewhat on this passage in that sometimes moving to another place can help you gain a new perspective right and it also depends on what your problem is you know uh if your problem stems from being too reliant on somebody, for example. So if you are too reliant on your parents, moving to a distant location would probably be good for you. Now, the other question is how frequently are you moving, right? Are you going from one place to another? 
So on a macro level, if we're talking about actual places to live, I can see where this makes sense. That basically somebody of a sound mind should be able to live wherever they are. Somebody that has their shit together, you know, um, according to the Stoic ideas, should be able to be fine with wherever they are at. And now I'm not talking about, you know, of course we live in the real world. So there's things to consider like crime, you know, taxes, stuff like that. But I have known people that have been frequent movers that when I say frequent movers, I don't mean move around frequently within a city, more as though like frequently move around the country or move from, you know, a country to country and kind of there's a uh, a mood, there's an uh, attitude about certain people that you catch, the ones that are moving around from place to place in search of something, right? You know, the kind of idea of like, oh, I've got to go find myself kind of mentality of I'll live here for a couple of years, then I'll live there for a couple of years. In my opinion, uh, that kind of mentality where, you know, you see a lot of it with, uh, you know, it's kind of commonly known around young people. Right, where it's like, oh, I just got to go find myself. But I personally have seen it with older individuals as well. I've known older people in their 50s who, not married, not in any relationship, who basically, you know, travel around, have moved from one place, one part of the country to the other, have been trying out multiple different jobs because, you know, they're retired and, but still don't know what they want to do. And it, in my opinion, that's a great example of what Seneca is referring to here when he's talking about the um, having a sound mind because clearly this person that I have observed does not have a sound mind. They're confused about what they should be doing. They feel like um, going from one place to another is going to be beneficial to them. So um, that is – it's an it's interesting perspective. Now, I want to go ahead and continue with another part of his um, – with another one of his letters here. And it's where – okay, so this is in letter three, and he refers to – I think it's related here. He says, people who never relax and people who are invariably in a relaxed state merit your disapproval. He's talking to somebody who's studying underneath him, the former as much as the latter. For delight in bustling about is not industry. It is only the restless energy of a hunted mind. I'm going to stop there. So that I think is 100% related to what I'm talking about here and what I think he's referring to in the letter number two when he talks about people who cannot pass time in their own place. And I think that it's possible Seneca was not just talking about it from a macro perspective somebody who has to travel around the world constantly to find themselves in search of something. 
uh, but also from a micro perspective. So somebody who's you know constantly has to go from place to place, who cannot sit and, and um, just soak up what's going on internally or externally for a period of time, is a um, indication that something is wrong. And when he talks about people who are overly um, overly active in a non-productive manner, right? He says that it's, what is it, the line here? That bustling about is not industry. It is only the restless energy of a hunted mind. I couldn't agree more. How many people do you know that just when they have important things to do, they find stupid shit they should, they, they do first, right? So they have important work they need to do, or they could be developing their own business. They could be developing new skills. They could be meeting friends. They could be exercising, but instead they spend time reorganizing things in their house that don't need to be reorganized, or they spend time doing stuff out in the yard that they, that's actually not important. It's not, it doesn't need to be done. And I mean, I know that I've seen it with with friends. I've seen it with family members, and I've done it myself. Where um, for me, I actually tend to focus too much on the bigger things and not enough sometimes of just keeping myself organized. But I've definitely uh, been a victim of that mentality myself, which is just, for example, if I am uh, feeling tired. There are times where maybe I don't feel productive enough, so I just start doing small amounts of things. And sometimes that feels like the right thing to do, but I'm like, you know what? I really shouldn't, you know, if I'm too tired to really get any effective work done, what I ought to do is take quality time, take this 30, 40 minutes I'll save, and get some extra rest, as opposed to, you know, getting 30, 40 minutes of shitty work done that's not actually getting anything done. And I'm giving myself the illusion of getting work done because I have the anxiety about the future. And from what I've noticed, it's like that with people around me. I've seen people spend way too much time uh, doing shit that doesn't matter because there's, there's things bothering them, right? It's, I mean, think about deep down in your own mind how many times you know that there's important work you need to do. So, but instead, you just busy yourself, and you make yourself so in. You make yourself so busy, you can't get anything done, and that's another point. People who overschedule, I am a big problem with that. I have had a big problem with that in the past, where I have been so anxious about the future, so nervous and restless about the future at times that I will overschedule things for me to do under the guise of productivity. Under the guise of I will, you know, be more productive, and and I don't mean like just putting in more hours or just getting more stuff done. I mean like overly, um, you know, just really, really trying to do too many things at once. And I think that that can also dovetail in with what Seneca is saying here, right? If you're putting too much on your plate, for one. If you're putting too much on your plate, there's a couple things going on here, okay? And I'm I'm 100% guilty of this, and I still am trying to work on it. If you're putting too much on your plate, um, why are you doing it, right? If it's if you're like me, or like many other people out there, 
one reason you might be doing it is because you have some kind of uh, nervousness about the future. I would overdo shit because I'm like, well, am I, you know, will I be successful? So if I don't know if I'm going to be successful, I need to overload myself with so many things that something will work. Now, that is – to some degree, that strategy can work, but you can't overload yourself to the point where you're not doing anything good. right? It's like you've got to be able to put out something that is good. And an example would be um, if I'm you know, teaching English online and I'm helping out with another family business issue and I'm doing this podcast and I'm trying to sell things online – if I, you know, then I go, I'm going to start writing articles as well. And I tried to do all that shit in like a same day kind of period. Or if I try to do all that shit too close together along with, you know, exercising and doing whatever, what's going to happen is, is that I'm not going to get anything. I'm only going to get a little bit of quality work out of that. I'm going to get a lot of bullshit work. And what am I doing it for? Right. I'm doing it to, um, because I'm nervous, right. I'm doing it because I'm anxious. Right. And so I need to be able to step back and be a little bit more. I need to be able to step back, enjoy a little bit of the peace that I have, and then think more methodically about how to do things one at a time. Okay. How to knock one thing out, take a little bit of rest, get something else done, take a little bit of rest, get something else done. So that way I can get as much punch, as much power into each punch. That's, you know, at least that's my idea. That's my thinking of recent. And mm, I was going to relate it back to uh, one of Seneca's earlier things I read yesterday. But I think that that anxiety, that nervousness about the future can cause people to overschedule themselves in anticipation of maybe not having something to do. So if you find yourself in that position, uh, maybe it's a good idea to sit back and think about why the hell you're doing that to yourself. Right? Why is it that you're overdoing your bullshit? Especially in today's world. Right? I mean, because you can work. One of the problems with this is that you can work 24 hours a day. When you have the internet, like for example, right now I teach from, you know, around midnight to nine in the morning. And so my schedule is pretty crazy in terms of the hours. But if I go, okay, I'm going to do that, and then I take on like daytime work, and then, you know, it's like I could literally, I could work all day long. And so now some of that's going to be productive, some of that's not going to be productive. So I need to choose wisely. Now, also, I know some people are in circumstances where they don't have that much of a choice. Maybe you have multiple jobs because you got a family, right? And so, you know, then. This kind of stuff you know, is going to be more difficult, but I would say that um, from a Stoics perspective, that's where you'd want to reduce as much expense as, as necessary, as much as you can, right? Like do you need a new car? Do you need the clothing? Like if something disappeared tomorrow, you need to be able to say if some shit went down tomorrow, you just got to be in that mindset that you're going to make it. You're just going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. You're going to be fine, right? And that's what I'm working on. That's the one of the reasons I'm putting this into podcast form now is trying to figure this, this kind of shit out, right? Trying to navigate 
this modern world with some more ancient Stoic-like philosophy here and see where we go with it. Now, let's take another look here at Seneca before I wrap up. So, he says, Some men have shrunk so far into the corners that objects in bright daylight seem quite blurred to them. A balanced combination of the two attitudes is what we want. The active man should be able to take things easily, while the man who is inclined towards repose should be capable of action. Ask nature. She will tell you that she made both day and night. I definitely, I think this is obvious to a lot of people in that it's obvious, but it's not obvious that we're doing it, right? It's obvious that we should be able to relax if we're overdoing it. And it's obvious that people, you see it all around you, right? You, everybody knows someone in their lives who is so lazy that there's just, there's nothing going on in their life. But then we also know people who are so ambitious that they can't see the forest through the trees. And that is where you need to find that balance, right? Obviously, I struggle. Right now, I'm in a good place in terms of that balance. Historically, I am in the overambitious side. I overdo it. I overcomplicate my life. I put get too many things going on. And like I say, I do it because I am restless about the future. Now that I'm practicing the idea of death, not, I'm not practicing death, but now that I'm meditating, and when I say meditating, now that I'm thinking on the idea of death more, it's helping me, um, it, it is helping me with the day-to-day -day bullshit stress levels while I'll still I'm getting shit done. So... I think we'll go ahead and, and close it on that note. But before I close, we're going to go ahead and put some some uh, ads here. Okay, so if you don't want to listen to them, skip ahead. And if you do want to listen to them, I appreciate it, supporting the podcast. And we'll get started right after. Okay, guys, so I hope you enjoyed the ads there, the ad reads. So... Um, I'm going to kind of close off this with the idea of death and, you know, just how it can how it can help. So recently, I've talked about how I try to think about what will happen if I die tomorrow. What happens if, you know, if I could die, I could die in a week, I could die tomorrow, I could die in two days, I could lose a limb, I could significantly be hindered. There's a uh, There's just so many untold ways that you could get injured or die. And you never know when it's your time. And when you meditate on that idea, even though there are you have plans and you have goals, which I think you know you want to orient. I I don't want to say you want to, but what I'm trying to do is orient my goals such that if I die or if I'm injured, you know, if if I die tomorrow, that what I was doing was worth pursuing, right? So. Whether that be freedom, whether that be um, you know wealth for freedom, whether that be trying to improve your community, uh, and, and in a real way, right? Whether it be providing for your family, um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say um, it has also. I think this is very valuable for guys that are afraid to talk to girls. If you are a young guy out there and you are afraid to talk to girls, 
then you need to seriously apply this uh, practice, this mental practice to your routine. Before you go up to a girl that you are afraid to talk to, simply run that idea into your mind that you might not be here tomorrow. Just think to yourself, I might, I, I, could, I might not be here tomorrow. I might die tomorrow. I'm not saying that you have a high probability of that, but it is possible. And if you die tomorrow, um, you know, was it worth? I mean, of course, you know, it doesn't matter. If you die tomorrow, it doesn't matter if you ask the girl out or not. So you might as well, you know, not. And, and here's the other thing: Will you feel like a coward if you don't ask her out, or if you don't talk to her? You don't have to ask out every girl you like, but at least get a conversation going, right? So, you know, for me, I've been running this test where I say to myself: If I don't talk to this person, will I feel bad about myself? Will I feel like I, I'm a coward? If that's if the answer is yes, then I go okay. Well. I'm nervous still. What can I do? Well, you know what? I might die tomorrow. This isn't going to do shit. Fuck it. I go go for it. Right? So that's, you know, a little little random piece of advice. But I think it'll it's also helped me just re um kind of retain an appreciation for life. The one of the biggest things I've noticed is that I'm appreciating some time more. I'm appreciating just basic shit more. I went out on a walk the other day and was just overcome with the, I guess the, I don't know what it was really. I just felt so lucky. And that's all I can really say is I just felt so lucky. And I felt lucky because I'm like, I'm here and I'm okay. And I don't know how longer, how much longer I will be okay, but I'm okay now. And that's all that matters. So I think I'm going to go ahead and end it there, guys. I appreciate you listening, and um, everybody have a good day.